0: Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Barbados drops the queen and becomes a republic. Exxon to determine own standards for 3.7 million barrels of offshore discharges daily for 20 years. Grenada's total income from CBI program 2021, 30.6 million dollars. Jamaica Intellectual Property Office looking to incorporate Beijing treaty on audio-visual performances. And Payrock dynamic payments expand to Puerto Rico. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, November 30th. We start our report today in Barbados. Barbados today reports that after 396 years the sun has finally set on the last vestiges of the british colonialism as barbadians awoke to a new dawn as the world's newest republic at midnight on tuesday the very moment 55 years ago when barbados became an independent sovereign nation it transitioned from a commonwealth realm to a parliamentary republic and her excellency dam sandra mason the last viceroy was officially sworn in as the republic's first president. The ceremony unfolded on a clear night in the capital city, Bridgetown. Many would be watchers a voice loud frustrations with being restricted from Heroes Square, which was framed by the flood-lit Parliament Building and Old Treasury Building. In her first address to the Republic, President Mason declared that for decades, debate and disclosure raged on about whether the critical step should have been taken, but on this occasion, action has been taken. She said, Since independence, our heroes and our humble citizens, our crews and passengers have built international reputations, anchored in characteristics, our national values, our stability, and our successes drawing on the lessons of those intervening years, possessing a clear sense of who we are and what we are capable of achieving. In the year 2021, we now turn our vessel bow towards the new republic. We do this so that we may seize the full substance of our sovereignty. Prince Charles, the guest of honor for the historic celebration, witnessed the loss of another Commonwealth realm, the first such transition in more than 30 years. Barbados will remain a member of the 54 Nation Commonwealth. He urged the Barbadian people to make freedom, justice, and self-determination to be their guides as he pledged the United Kingdom's dedication to close and trusted partnership. Referring to the appalling atrocities of slavery, which forever stain the joint history of the British and Barbadians, the Prince raised the people of Barbados for forging their own path. Your long journey has brought you to this moment, not as your destination, but as a vantage point from which to survey a new horizon, he said. Madam President, as your constitutional status changes, it is important to me that I should join you to reaffirm those things. That do not change. The Prince of Will underscored the two countries' continued partnership under the Commonwealth. At midnight, the country was officially declared a republic, and three minutes later, Mason was installed president of Barbados by Chief Justice Patterson Chettleham and conferred the Order of Freedom of Barbados. Prime Minister Mia Motley, Chief Justice Chellum, Attorney General Dale Marshall, Barbados Defense Force Chief of Staff, Commodore Arrington Sherland, and Commissioner of Police Richard Boyce all took the newly rewritten oath of allegiance to Barbados, according to law, instead of to the Queen, her heirs and successors. Prince Charles, Elizabeth's eldest son and heir, received the Order of freedom from Barbados. Also among the crowd was global pop star Rihanna. During the ceremony, the singer, who was born Robin Rihanna Fenty in Barbados, was declared a national hero. She received the honor, Prime Minister Motley said, for commanding the imagination of the world with her excellence, creativity, discipline, and above all else, her extraordinary commitment to the land of her birth. May you continue to shine bright like a diamond, Miss Motley added. The night also included fireworks displays over Bridgetown and in three other strategic points in the east and north of the island. Crider News reports that if the government of Guyana approves ExxonMobil's $9 billion yellowtail development in Straber Block, The oil giant has disclosed via project documents that Guyana can expect to see several waste products being discharged into its waters. Since the world's largest oil producer is still to set its own rules to govern how ExxonMobil will discard of its oil wastes, the company will have the privilege of outlining what those parameters would be. According to the Environmental Impact Assessment, Yellowtail is expected to have several potential discharges, which include drilling, cuttings and fuel, cement, well completion and treatment fluids, produced water, cooling water, sulfate removal, ultrafiltration, and wash water processing brines, topside drainage, hydrostatic test water, commissioning fluids, ballast water, and blowout preventer testing fluids. Based on the conservative estimates cited in the project document, Cryder News noted that these discharges will total no less than 3.7 million barrels on a daily basis over the 20-year lifespan of the project. Exxon was keen to note that since Guyana has no specific legislation or regulation governing the foregoing oil wastes, it has moved ahead with putting together a collage of standard it select from across the world, which would be considered for inclusion in its environmental permit for the project. It assured that the street ought not to worry since the standards it selects are in keeping with international best practices. Even before oil production commenced, On Guyana's maiden project, the Liza Phase 1 operation kicked off in late 2019, local authorities were warned to keep a watchful eye on all the chemically treated waste, materials that would be dumped into its waters and put in place its own standards to govern how this would be discarded. The Open Society Institute, an international body that aims to shape public policy for the promotion of democratic governance, human rights, economic, legal and social reform, has warned many nations, Guyana included, that oil exploration and production poses serious risk to a country's ecological and public health. It said that every environmental medium, air, water, and land is affected when oil exploitations begin. The Institute said that the degree of the environmental harm is, however, determined by operator responsibility and government oversight. Further to this, the Institute explained that the disposal of oil wastes from offshore drilling operations has been a significant environmental concern for decades. It warned that one of the apparent impacts of offshore discharges has been mercury pollution from oil discharges. It noted in this regard that a study has found that mercury levels in the mud and sediment beneath oil platforms in the Gulf of Mexico were 12 times higher than acceptable levels under the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency standards. Taking this into account, the Open Society Institute said it is expected that oil-producing states take every precaution to protect its marine life and citizenry. Further research by Kreuter News has also found that the discharge from the said project are known to have toxic compositions, as well as impacts that must be studied. Drilling fluids and cuttings, for example, are considered as hazardous or waste, which are very complex and difficult to manage due to several impurities. According to the report, Guyana does not have a single regulation on offshore discharges from the oil industry despite approving Three multi billion dollar projects by ExxonMobil and its partners. Now, Grenada reports that Grenada's finance minister, Gregory Bowen, has disclosed that there were 437 approved new citizens under the Citizenship by Investment program for 2021 and that the government's total income from the program was. 30.6 30.6 million U.S. dollars. The main source of capital grants for 2021 were 152.7 million EC from the National Transformation Fund. Despite a sluggish start this year, performance under the Citizenship by Investment Program strengthened significantly in the second half of the year and interest in the program remains strong. As as the end of October, 437 applications were received, compared to 303 for the corresponding period in 2020, Bowen said, while presenting the 2022 estimates of revenue and expenditures last Friday at the Parliament session. The majority of these applications are based on approved projects, while 170 are related to contributions to the National Transformation Fund. Total receipts under the Citizenship by Investment Program as of October 31st was $30.6 million U.S. million. Bowen said that despite the challenges anticipated globally because of the COVID-19 pandemic, The Grenada government will continue to make determined efforts to improve the performance and operations of the Citizenship by Investment Program, ensuring that its integrity and reputation are maintained. Improve operational efficiencies will reduce processing times for applications and generate greater financial resources. Additionally, government will take on board the recommendations to expand the priority sectors supported under the Citizenship by Investment program, the finance minister said. Jamaica Information Service reports that the Jamaica Intellectual Property Office is looking to incorporate the Beijing Treaty on Audiovisual Performances 2012, which seeks to protect performers in their performances. Jamaica's Minister of Industry, Investment and Commerce, the Honorable Audley Shaw, made the disclosure during the Blue Ship Corporate Linkages Media Briefing on Trade in Culture, Goods at the AC Hotel by Marriott St. Andrews on November 25th. He said that Jamaica Intellectual Property Office has been consulting with stakeholders in the audiovisual community on the matter, which will provide greater safeguards for brand Jamaica. With Jamaica's ascension to this treaty, we will see more dissemination of our works in an audiovisual format, thus promoting the Jamaican brand and culture even more. I cannot underscore enough the value that redounds to our entrepreneurs and our economy when we protect our creative expressions, he said. Minister Shaw noted that the ministry has ensured that there is a strong regulatory framework in place to support the trade and cultural goods. This is administered by our portfolio agency, Jamaica Intellectual Property Office, and allows for protection of some goods under the Design Act, protection under the Trademark Act for local logos, and marks used on the goods and protection for creative works under the Copyright Act, he said. He informed that Jamaica Intellectual Property Office will shortly incorporate the Marrakesh Treaty to facilitate access to published works for persons who are blind, visually impaired, or otherwise print-disabled 2013. This We'll see visually impaired and hearing disabled communities accessing copyrighted works that are beneficial to them. Jamaica Intellectual Property Office provides a central focal point for the administration of intellectual property in Jamaica. Payments.com reports that global payment company Payrock World Access will be expanding to Puerto Rico through a partnership with electronic pay processing company Dynamic Solutions, the companies announced on Monday. The combination will allow Puerto Rico customers more solutions, more sales channels, and give integrated partners the ability to scale globally. Frank Lopez Co-founder and chief strategic officer with Dynamics said the partnership would allow for expansions through Latin America and the Caribbean. This combination will also allow us to leverage Payrock's financial capacity and those additional Payrock technologies and products that will enhance our core offering to our merchant clients and partners, Lopez said in a release. This is an exciting time for Dynamic Payments. Meanwhile, Payrock CEO Jim Oberman said it was a good opportunity to expand across geographies. The combination of Payrock technology stacked, coupled with the Dynamics payment processing and issuing capabilities, offer effective payment solutions into these key markets, Oberman said. We wouldn't be happier to welcome them to the Payrock family. Payrock has also recently teamed up with Zuza, a software platform, in order to put out a new point-of-sale software for salon, spa, and gym market call Bloom POS. The service will come with online appointment scheduling with text and email appointment reminders. Payrock has also recently bought Retriever Merchant Solutions, which has expanded the network of sale organization and financial information systems. Payrock now serves over 100,000 merchants in about 40 countries, and the company has been working on things like underwriting and risk management global device connectivity, and application programming interfaces. And finally, the saint Kitts-Nevis Observer reports that Help City Cayman Islands, a private health facility in the Cayman Islands, recently announced that it has acquired a supply of RUNAPRIV, a monoclonal antibody treatment that can help COVID-19 patients recover fast and avoid hospitalization and death. This makes Health City the first private facility in the Caribbean to offer the groundbreaking treatment. Rana Pariv has been jointly developed by Switzerland-based pharmaceutical company Roche and American biotech firm Regeneron. It is a combination of two monoclonal antibodies and was designed to block infection of SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. Although the vaccine's provide the best protection from COVID-19, the World Health Organization has recommended this treatment for infected persons who either have underlying conditions or are suffering from severe symptoms. The report says that individuals who have had COVID-19 systems for 10 days or less should talk to their healthcare provider immediately to see if the monoclonal antibody treatment is right for them. It is our hope that no one in our community will need this treatment at Health City. We are always prepared and willing to do our part to keep our population safe. This treatment has been approved for use in approximately 50 countries, and we want to ensure that the Cayman Islands was not left behind, said Shamari Scott, Chief Business Officer at Health City, Cayman Islands. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, November 30th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, Now Meta.